You're tuned into Office Hours for now. Broadcasting live from the town of the crowd. The sneaker savant, breaking down the saga tough. Distribution and creation of the prize we lust. The reasoning behind why sneakerheads can find it tough. To try to find a pair, not kind of fair, it's life and thus. Applying your research to track down Oz's wizard. Artificial scarcity making the fucking bitter. We love shoes, but the game changed so fast. I miss the days of rocking my Nike Moabs. Don't ask. Trust the reseller platforms. Now those who love kicks are holding hats torn. The game changed and the feeling felt that scorn. But wonder stocks running off with some facts form. So tune in to the Office Hours podcast to follow up on all that passion, not that hot trash. You were tuned in to Office Hours. Subscribe, like, share, review, and all that. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Office Hours with the Sneaker Savant. I'm your host, Shuf Cohen, and today we'll be discussing the intersection of food and sneakers with chef and entrepreneur Bobby Martin. Bobby, uh, show your food. Meet JT, the Sneaker Savant. How are we doing, JT? Nice to meet you, man. Doing all right. How are you, Bobby? Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Look you up right now. Yeah, go go check that shit out, uh, JT. That chew your food shit is something special. I I, I never thought there'd be a, a connection like that. And that's some shit right there. I did look this up. I did look this up last week when you told me about it. Uh, oh, beautiful. Looking at looking through the Instagram, made me think of. Um, do you know Row? Eat like you're on death row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, yeah, we're connected. Yes, she's uh she's yeah. interesting with her. Uh... <laughs> Definitely. Her layout is that is that the girl with the sushi in many ways yeah yes. and plenty more <laughs> she's she uh, seems to show a little bit more skin than you're doing here father <laughs> definitely definitely all right so i am just gonna we're gonna go right into some shit let's let's start with a little bit of background for for you bobby um i know you were super young when you got into sneakers but like right. what actually came first for you was it cooking or was it sneakers oh it was definitely the shoes I mean, it was prime time. I was even in my um, just the recent post when I was referencing '96. Man, that was quite a year of releases. So, I mean, obviously, um, you know, plenty of Jordans to come before the 11. But uh, that year was pretty significant around a lot of different releases. You know, other, you know, other other uh, sneaker deals happening for different players that were coming up the ranks. So. Yeah, it was it was the definitely the shoes. And what's interesting is I just think about back in the early to mid nineties, there was just so much variety out there outside of of you know Jordan brand. You know, I mean that's yeah that's been the prolific for you know, as long as we've known. I mean, there's not there's not much before and probably won't be much after, right? Like <laughs> um but uh and you know, obviously, Virgil's making a good go at it. From and 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 let's not forget Kanye by any means. But oh, that's um, yay now. Of course, right, 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 right. <laughs> um, <laughs> in all, in every other word in the Bible, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Whichever, dude, just pick all those for uh, for fucking sneaker names. Any 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 name you can get out of that text, those are the sneaker names. That's it. That's it. But yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, shoes all the way. I mean, food was always, you know, I grew up a fat kid, no question. So food was always, uh, you know, huge for me, just family gatherings and, 
you know, creativity, you know, of a mixed race. So, you know, my parents come from two different backgrounds. And but, you know, again, growing up 90s, you know, fashion in general, hip hop, just all the drivers. So it was that. And then, you know, food came about just based on, you know, again, love eating it, of course, and the variety of it. And 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 then as I decided between career changes and then out of necessity to to take care of my kids as at a young age, you know, different jobs that I had and, you know, different experiments that I went through and just, again, life change. And then it was like, you know, found some passion in it. And um and then years later, just being able to merge the two was pretty cool. So awesome. Awesome. And uh, so for the listeners and, and for, for you too, Savant, um, Bobby is essentially the only reason I ever started cooking. I, I, I interviewed for a dishwashing job at this local Mexican place. And we just got along very well in the interview. Pretty much just shot the shit about how stupid people are the entire time. I don't, <laughs> I don't think we really talked about anything about the job except that it was dishwashing and uh so you pretty much didn't give me a choice you said either you're gonna you're gonna start doing prep or you're gonna go get another job and i was like oh fuck okay let's do some prep (laughs) Uh, but yeah so for that little background um i wouldn't i I would not have been in food whatsoever if it if it weren't for bobby interesting appreciate that thank you I like what you said a few minutes ago about 96. It's funny because 96, that's, that's what a lot of people like. It sounds like you're probably right around my age, maybe a little bit younger um, or maybe right on the, the money. I'm 41 years old. But uh, yeah. like 96, a lot of us just consider that the golden age of, of like everything. Everything, right? <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. when that's, that's, I turned 16 that year. I remember uh, I might even be off with a, a, a couple of, you know, by a couple of years with certain things. But like in 96 is when I, I discovered um, – you know, all eyes on me, uh, Tupac, uh, one of those, um, life changing albums. It's also when mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. uh, I want to say I bought my first pair of penny twos, I think was 96, might've been 97. Um, but definitely Jordan 12s. I was noticing Jordan 12s at that time. And, uh, it, it seems like a lot of people always really consider that to be the peak of, uh, crossover between hip hop and, uh, streetwear, basketball. I mean, it's like all these things just kind of merged into that that one little, you know, that one little time block. And and I'm doing, um, I'm actually working really slow on my next trading card set. My next trading card set is '90s basketball. Nice. So I'm kind of going down this, you know, this lane, this memory lane about all these things that I just, you know, just kind of forgot about. You said a, a minute ago that it was a lot of different signatures. And I, I actually said that in one of my posts the other day that I went to a pretty small, uh, mostly white uh, high school in um, Northern California. And, you know, any given year around that time period, there might have been one or two people max who owned uh, a pair, of, you know, the latest pair of Jordans. And everyone else had like pennies or Pippins or J Kids or any of the other people, you know, any of the other uh, SIG athlete shoes that came out at that time. So that's interesting. I know a lot of people really kind of um, look at that time period as what got them into sneakers as well. People our age, at least. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're pretty close. I, I turned 18 that year, 18 and yeah, I, I was 18. I turned 18 and 95. So that Jordan 11 was, I, I, I bring up 96 because at that time and, and, but you know, we're on the same, same wave right there, but 
there was so much before that that had come out, but a lot of times wasn't as attainable, right? Yeah. So, you know, the 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 lines at sneaker stores existed, but like as as like sort of that younger teenage, you know, for me and you know where I grew is like, you know, you <laughs> you you. It, it even if you were in the line, chances are you you there was something that you know you know guys would bully guys out of line or older guys would come through and you know whatever it was guys would buy your spot out of line you know I, I remember a guy coming and like buying five people ahead like look I'm I know what size are you getting what size are you getting which you know and just sort of you know you would hope to 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 get a pair I mean it. Most times it didn't happen um, until I was right around that age. And then I found connections that in the sneaker stores in which a lot of guys had prior to me, but just, you know, where you'd be able to buy them, you know, no box, no receipt. So, you know, you found your ways uh, and made connections. But prior to that, it was such, you know, very rare for me. To be honest with you, I think I might have. Yeah, I did. I, I remember getting um some tens and no i'm sorry some nines tens didn't happen and much prior to that i i don't think i even i think i think if i remember correctly the nines were my first and just the you know having the money to do it one two like i said those lines would be crazy so uh, prior to that it was like patrick ewings it was like pumas where are you from You're, you got to be from the east coast yeah. Yeah, I'm uh from Syracuse, New York. Okay. You know, just the you know, 150,000 people, you know, sort of small city, but everyone had to have everything that was hype. You know what I mean? And and we found ways, you know, and or we take trips, you know, car loads to the city and but again, just like the accessibility um was was tough. And, you know, the, the number of pairs that would make it to the footlockers out there were minimal. You know what I mean? So if you had them, you were definitely the shit, you know. So I love when I was able to have that connection and, you know, be able to connect with someone where I would be able to get them even in advance, you know, in that no box, no receipt. Um, so uh, but again, prior to the 11s, um, my access was, you know, again, minimal. So it would just be different varieties, ASIC gels and new balances. And uh, that was big for me. And then it's sort of at that point, you just sort of have to keep your trend going. Right. So, I mean, that's where it just <laughs> really, really started for me, because, again, a prior I had saw all the shoes, but they weren't as significant to me until those patent leathers, you know. So um, I would say that's where it really took off for me. I've heard a lot of a lot of older sneakerheads. I'll say older sneakerheads at this point, I guess, but um, say that those those patent leather Elevens, when 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 that went down, was was a, a turning point. Kind of like like you were mentioning there that you had to keep your shit going. Like you had to right. you had to kind of keep one up in yourself almost. Yeah. No. Definitely. Um, no, because you know, as you know, so, you know, when you think when we go back to the '80s and the guys that I would see in the streets with you know fours and fives and you know, Carmine's, it's like, I remember seeing guys in those and it was just sort of the moment, you know? So it was like the freshest Jordan and, and they would have, but it wasn't like 
you know, it was almost, you know, it was, it wasn't the, the, the culture. And I remember, I heard, I heard the last episode and it was like, you know, is it culture? Is it community? And, you know, I have my thoughts on that as well. I think we'll probably get to some of that just with, yeah, know, feel free to sound off, buddy. <laughs> yeah. I just, uh, it, it's, I, I don't, I feel like it, it's been developed into something that, um, you know, networking and connecting and so on and so forth. At the end of the day, I mean, it's it's companies out here making shit tons of money. And, you know, we want to have all the freshest and we want to be the first. And and, you know, back then, that's really just what it was about is just being the freshest. And I think back then, because I'll tell you, if I did think that would be what it is today, I would have definitely kept a lot more of those boxes and whether <laughs> Whether they were fresh anymore or not, and I couldn't get up the yellow out of them, I would have kept them, right? Like, I had friends, like, come home from jail, and I'm donating them, like, 10 pairs of sneakers. Oh, there you go. I know you need them. And it's like, you know, and of course, they fucking violate parole, go back, and they'd all end up in the trash. And I would <laughs> So I wish I would have kept them, you know? But, um, uh -huh. but at the same time, it's like, back then, it was like, it was... You know, obviously, they it's it wasn't as frequent as you know releases are now, and which made them even more more significant because it's like, all right, there's a release, you're about to stand in line, you know, literally. And I, uh, I'm sure you know Savant as well as you know those lines used to be ridiculous, no matter where you, what city you were in, how cold it was, you know, and shit used to get out of hand as well. So, but. Um, <laughs> Just a yeah, just just a tad, you know, but um so yeah, I mean as far as where it's grown to um you know, it's it's that that whole term of like great for the culture or whatever, but it it's I think it's, you know, it's that mix of like everyone that wants to be, you know, to resell and be that guy with the connection and it it's it's just oversaturated. I, and I feel it because my age, like 20 years ago, I walk into anywhere with the newest release and you're the, sh you know, you're the shit. Now you walk in and you see five other guys with them on. It's like, hey, it's not that, it's not that big of a deal. You know, that's why it's like, you know, of course I'm going to still, you know, I'm still copping, you know, I'm still going on just <laughs> sneakers and I'm st I still want to hit on my apps and everything, of course. But you know, it's like, it's still, it's not that, you know, you almost, you have to think too much about what, which pair you're going to wear. Cause it's like, where, you know, is everyone just going to be out with whatever's just released last week or do I go with something different? You know, so, dude, I can't tell you how many times I, I stand in front of my sneaker rack, just going, okay, which one, which, which of these pairs is going to be the least likely to be seen today? Right. 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 <laughs> and you just hold on to those, you know, those grails that, it's like I, you know, that that special moment, and then you just hope that you don't walk in and somebody else is feeling that same special moment. <laughs> so, well, a big part of what you're you're also kind of um. Th there's a real stark difference between uh, where you're growing up and where you're seeing these things. You know, like I'm trying to think. Like, I don't think I even heard about people lining up for sneakers before like 2003. 
And that mm. sounds, I mean, it sounds ridiculous. Like I remember I walked into uh, this mall in um, Fairfield, California, and they had a pair of, I want to say they had a pair of Jordan fours, the uh, midnight Navy, the white midnight Navy pair, um, like the first retro plus. And I asked the dude behind the counter. I said, Oh, can I get a pair of those? He said, huh, you're going to have to line up like everyone else. And I, I mean, it, to me, it was just like this foreign concept. Like, I don't know where, where I grew up. I grew up close to, it was kind of close to Reno, Nevada. And uh, in Reno, Nevada, you could go and get Jordans. You could get Jordans at the mall. And most of the kids I knew, anybody I knew who had a pair of Jordans, uh, they would just boost them. So they'd try them on in champs and then they just run out the door. So, <laughs> but I mean, that was only, there was only a couple of kids who had that kind of, you know, who had those those balls because nobody up in uh, northern california is buying their kids you know the mountains where i grew up no one's buying those 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 shoes for them so i mean to me um i i feel like life would have been a lot more stressful had i grown up in an environment where i i saw a whole lot of other people who were into you know shoes like i was i mean the, i i was looked at as a bit of an oddity because i was into shoes but like you know i never really felt pressure for shoes whereas i can see how what you're saying in, in certain um areas like i would think what you're describing sounds like it's a lot of pressure even at a young age to to kind of keep up with what everyone else is uh doing or you know not copying but but just keeping up and making sure you're you're, you're placing your own your own flag on the ground for what it is that you 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 know you represent or what it is you want to represent so it's interesting that that, that I, I, first time I was ever in a line, I want to say it was like 2004 and uh, it was for the LeBron release at um, Nike town, LeBron uh, chamber of fear, air force one, Nike town, New York. And it was, I mean, it was kind of like a party, you know, we all knew we weren't getting the shoes. We were just hanging out with each other. Interesting. Let's do, let's do. Um, I wanted to touch a lot on, on, on shoe your food because people don't, I think people are still kind of in the dark about the, the fact that like this kind of thing definitely exists and it's been done very well. So a few years back, you actually got written up in, in high snobiety for this. Yeah. Um, so, so for anybody who hasn't been paying attention, uh, shoe your food is fusion of high end sneakers and high end cuisine. Um, Bobby's been taking, you know, what a lot of people would consider grail sneakers and, and pairing very cool foods with them. Uh, and there's been a million different iterations of that. But so this this article was was what three years ago. A lot of shit has changed both in, in the world and in the sneaker game since then. So how has your approach to like shoe your food had to change, or or even maybe just your approach to navigating the sneaker community? Just as it's just saturation and like so you have to pivot right, <clears throat> and just based on the uh, the social media outlets, it's like you know going from just like still photos to the stories and to, then to reels. And it's like, and just getting out there and being visible and, and the time to do it. Right. So I think more now it's just like you, if you're not able to keep up with the content and getting yourself out there around what's just what's keeping yourself relevant is, is the challenge, you know, based on time. And for me is what, what, I've been stuck and you and I have talked offline about this, Shane, is like being stuck based on, is it relevant to my brand, right? Quote unquote of yeah. the information that I want to 
put out there. And but at the end of the day, it you know, I have opportunity with shoes and food to just share all types of content, you know, related to both, right? And but like that write-up with high somebody was was cool, but it's just again so much, so much saturation of other creatives and you know, the piece of you know, making, you know, even the part where it was like grails versus just the creativity around shoes and food. It's like you almost then end up, you know, committed or needing, you know, the expectation of commitment to this particular line of of shoes versus just Mm -hmm. the creativity around all types of brands and all types of of styles of shoes. So um, it's been, you know, I've I've stayed in it because again there's passion there. It's not like I just do it for kicks, you know, no pun. <laughs> but but uh but yeah, just you know, it um how have I just more so navigating, you know, what's out there and again I think the piece that has really kept me motivated is there are little there are, you know, I do see different feeds and you know, guys out there trying it. You know what I mean? Connecting their 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 food game to the shoes, and maybe they hadn't even thought about that before. Maybe it's motivating them to, um, with their creativity more around food. You know, never thought of. Oh, I love buying sneakers, and I'm like this line cook, and like how could I inspire myself or elevate my cooking game by you know referencing my shoes? So I have seen it, and I have you know, worked with a couple of different collaborators around, you know, their, their marketing and branding. So I think, you know, the piece where I lack is consistency with, with outreach and consistency with trying to connect. And I think speaking to that, going back to 96, it is like, we weren't the collaborators, right? There's more in this general, the last, you know, couple of generations, it's been more around, being open to collaborating and so i've had to sort of push myself to be okay with that you know and just finding that safe spot to be like it's okay to share and and to and to brainstorm and but i tell you man you look out there and there's like i've never seen it it's weird you know it's like you buy a car and then you see and everyone has that same car it's like (laughs) it's like you 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 know since we started this it's like everyone will do some sort of marketing scheme with food. You know what I mean? Even if the shoe is not, ha- doesn't have anything to do with food. It's just like the color scheme. Maybe there's a few different colorways and they, you know, mix and match, you know, with different types of food. So it's, it's definitely something that's mainstream, but, you know, shoe your food just, you know, whether it was a launch on our end and it's, you know, everyone just, it's not like we, can say you can't put those two items together, you know, but, um, you know, again, I, I, I haven't really maneuvered or figured out where, you know, where we go next. I I've always had vision around having like, uh, you know, like an art show, like doing a gallery and, you know, having people come in and it being really about the art and the creativity, but, you know, having the food on display with the shoes, you know, waitresses cocktail waitresses walking around with like you know the platter with the sneaker in the middle of it and the hors d'oeuvres going around it you know what i mean and like that's that's sort of like the ultimate for me to really expose people to the bigger picture right like how does that feed into you know 
different brand openings and and uh, release parties and things of that nature. So, um, and then you know, COVID hits and sort of a lot of your excitement around things that you want to do, you know, gets shut down. So, yeah, the the reason I wanted to to talk about you know the the change of approach with with uh, social media and, and COVID and all that is because it's something that I, I think Savant and I, not only have we talked about it quite a few times on the podcast and, and off, but it's something that I always like to hear people's opinions on because I think we just struggle so fucking much with it. You know, before we got on this cast, Bobby and I were talking about, uh, um, quality control and, and, and too much QC, like having it that completely destroys a post and then you never post anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just, I don't, I don't know. It just frustrates me so much to try to figure all of this out. I think one of the things that that, is, that sucks about this whole thing is that, you know, in a typical business, you've got creatives or you've got salespeople or you've got uh, marketers, you've got back office people. And in this particular world, um, we are kind of tasked with doing it all if we want our stuff to take off, right? Like how, how are you supposed to um, be creative and then think about, the numbers and then do your taxes and then do the marketing and then do the write-ups and then do the interview. I mean, like it's, it's, I mean, it sounds like I'm just complaining just to complain, but it's also like, I don't, I don't want to do, I don't want to go out and tell people about the shit I'm doing. I just want to do it, you know? And and it's like, so we, we have a bit of a catch 22. It's just, do do we have other people that that follow the vision? I mean, I, I try to think back to like, you know, the merchant merchant class like a thousand years ago, right? If 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 there was a like a marketplace in fucking Rome or whatever, I mean who who sold the most bread? Was it the dude who went out everywhere and told everyone about his bread? Was it the dude who had you know, be, because he wouldn't have any time to make bread at that point? Or would he be sending somebody out to tell everyone about the bread? Or was it the guy who had the best bread? Or was it the guy who had the most convenient spot to buy bread? Or was it the guy who had the cheapest bread? Like, the the thing is, is we are, you know, in this creative economy or or whatever you want to call it, or Instagram, all this self-promotion stuff, we have to come up with uh, all of that. We have to figure out the ways just to get in front of of whoever is right behind us in order to, to, to make a sale or to make, you know, anything come of what it is that we're doing. So I, 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 Whenever I see somebody who's like super creative, uh, you know, it, this looks very, you know, photogenic and very uh, beautiful pictures. It, it, it also makes me wonder, okay, how do we, how do we push this out there? How does this get out there uh, in more faces and get into a place where everybody wants a piece of this, right? Whatever piece they could have. Cause I, I, I struggle with that myself. Yeah. And that's, I, you said it's about, that's the piece of like having others, you know, see the vision right and so like you know the whole high stability thing and like i was connecting with different people and like i did some work with all birds and you know the but things move so fast like we did work with them and they paid us for the images but they never used them because it was like it had gotten sort of dated already so they're like you know thanks but no thanks pretty much you know what i mean because they had they were just moving so fast they loved it but they were on to the next the, the next release of their shoes and you know they were say they were like new and up and coming so they you know again moving towards okay that style was cool but we got to move on to our next style so we're not going to use them so at the same time I went out to um, to Complex Con because now now we're getting you know again we're I'm connecting with people and networking and trying to drive things, 
but man, you, I tell you, you walk into that and it was like overwhelming. I was super excited to be there, but as you mentioned, like, how do you get it out there? And that what I saw there was just, you had to be connected to someone that was going to drive your brand for you. Right. And, yep. and that you have, you have millions of brand ambassadors at this point. Right. So three years ago, it was like your brand ambassador had to be somebody that was going to, you know, going to wear your stuff, right. Or going to put on your customs. I mean, um, uh, 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 what's his name there? That's a little too vague for me. Yeah. Yeah. My bad. I, I should have been ready. Um, <laughs> but the, the big time, uh, the big time, uh, customizer there um, the shoe oh, shoe surgeon Dominic? surgeon dominic there we go he was there and um you know it was like he had he had a bunch of people in the station you know guys that he had done customs before before you know celebrities and he was killing it you know but it the pace of it was just like I don't care to stand here and watch this right now. You know what I mean? Because it was just so, it's like, we're all just staring at him building the customs. And I was just like, cool. But like, you know, I got my own ideas and it's super fresh. Like, you know, praise, much praise to Dominic. Cause it's like, he, he's put it out there. But I looked at that setup and I'm like, man, if I was here doing shoe your food, how would it present? Because going back to, who's going to support the vision, right? Like Shane would come, I know he would, you know, to come and, you know, help out, do some food, blah, blah, blah. But you know, it. you, you, you have to have a team and like guys that are like, yeah, dude, like whatever, you know, I'll get a flight, but if you get me a room or whatever, you know, you have to have a team that's all in. Um, and I don't know much. I see, I, I know there was something mentioned around the ghetto gastro guys. I don't know their whole story. I did actually cop their their shoes. I actually mm -hmm. own those, and uh, more so one because it's a, it's, it's a non slip kitchen shoe that I thought was tight. I mean, it's a Jordan. It's not the freshest shoe. I don't know. But, um, but again, it's just like you know what what is the what is their drivers? You know, I love to connect with them to to see how much is behind the team. You know, what else, what other players are behind the team to to drive the brand, you know? And again, going back to complex kind of a couple years ago, it was like, it, it was just a really overwhelming because, because of how saturated it was and how many different brands didn't execute well there, you know? And it was like, I don't want to be one of those, you know, I don't want to be one of the, you know, there was the guy there. And again, I'm not going to remember his name nor his feed, but he, he does rose bouquets, flower bouquets into sneakers. Have you seen this guy? No. That seems really familiar, but I couldn't tell you. What, I couldn't tell you. So he he had like you know he did a Jordan one out of roses, and it was crazy, you know. And but I'm like, the, it was sort of like a moment for me of okay, what do you do with that? Other than sneakerheads that have a wedding, what do you do with that? And like, you know, how do you do it in efficient time? And so like, it, there was a lot there that made me think about my own brand and like how I would execute if it was just me and my wife, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, that is the hang up. It's the hang up of how do you do all the different positions on your own in enough time of day and knock out your nine to five or whatever hours you work. You know what I mean? You know what I've noticed is that you don't, 
<laughs> you, you, you don't do all of that like right, uh, right. like i said dude jt and i talk about this fucking constantly like how do we get all of these things done that we both want to get done not only for our our separate like you know my shoof nonsense and and his his tss stuff but also the things that we're doing together you know the whatnot streams and this podcast like how do we market all of that and have him raising two kids and and me trying to be a normal fucking human being and <laughs> dude i don't i don't fucking know how to do this anymore and on another note that dude's name was mr flower fantastic for the yeah okay yeah bouquets yeah i didn't have my phones in front of me but yeah yeah i, I always yeah. do the uh do do the uh joe rogan jamie thing whenever i need to check it in yeah <laughs> yeah do, do some shit here uh let's see what what else we got here so you brought up ghetto gastro um if, if you if you could see nike doing some more food collabs like who, who uh, obviously, you know, you like probably see a shoe your food collab, but you know, oh, give, sure. give me a non you brand that you'd like to see Nike doing some food shit with, like a like a release, like a collab, a sneaker collaboration. Yeah, like anything. Yeah, what yeah. could you, what would you like to see out of like the food and sneaker area? Yeah, um, you know, of, of course my own, but just um, I think it would help to something like the ghetto gastro thing where you make. Maybe something that's, you know, uh, you know, baseline Jordan. Like you see all the different Jordan uh, styles now. You know, like the, you know, the, you know, out. I mean, the golf shoes, pretty. That's been around a while. But just like, you know, your casual walker. You know what I mean? There's so many varieties of Jordans out there now. Out, you know, nowadays. I'm like, what's sort of the, you know, collaborating with uh, big food service companies or restaurants to to really drive the connection between shoes and food you know like that's the you know you think about how many guys that merge the two from the standpoint of maybe that's the you know the only job they can get right um or it just works with their lifestyle you know or whatever so what does it look like from you know again like i said big food service like there's a lot there's a lot i have a lot of employees uh, and you know a lot of these guys are working to buy jordans you know what i mean but yeah their 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 wages are you know in in the lower scale of things but they're still trying to you know they find a way to cop the, the latest release so but brand jordan you know jordan specifically or nike specifically in brands i i don't know you know i don't have like a a particular you know you know brand out there that i could say oh this would be the ultimate for me you know dude you, um, you know which one i thought was wicked funny was uh was patrick ewing and grillo's pickles <laughs> <laughs> like the fuck yeah well that the pickle though i think is just a real big one especially in the city i like know? that shoe though yeah yeah, <laughs> Ewing, Ewing has some interesting collabs, man. I, I, I wonder. How very, very. Yeah, how I haven't done a Ewing yet. Honors. You haven't done one yet. <laughs> oh no. yeah, you're doing them. Yeah. Oh, uh, but yeah. I, it is, it is on my list because Ewings were like, I mean, that was one of my first shoes that I really, you know, sort of fell in love with from, you know, sort of a you know street culture, you know something different from nike obviously it was a little more affordable at the time you know the cross strap ewing was everything then everything i mean i i can't even remember how many a pair of the pair of those i had in middle school and high school but um 
Well, like they, they did all those rap albums. They did the Capone and Noriega. They did the Big Pun. They did yeah. Onyx. They yeah. Did, uh, I mean, I don't know which other ones, but those ones just uh, off the top of my head, that was just a, a crazy. I mean, just a weird lineup. Like, I guess the crossover makes sense, right? Culturally, crossover definitely makes sense. But um, <laughs> that's funny. Great. Yeah. yeah. You, know who, you know who did a lot of good food themed sneakers was uh, Saucony. Yes. Saucony did yes. like shrimp scampi one, I remember. They did a, a burger one. Um, yeah. I'm you got the avocado them. ones, don't you, there, uh, Bobby? Avocados, yep. I did. Um, they had the. Uh, well, I did one that no, actually that was a New Balance, but they did have. Uh, I think they did have a burger one as well. Yeah, definitely did have a burger one. That's the one that I remember the most. I would love, like you know, Diodoras are just ridiculous, just Beautiful from shoes, you know yeah. co the colorways, and um, I would you know they would be great just based on their different colorways and styles would be something you know that you could mirror a plate, you know, an, uh, a plating next to, you know, I mean, I did that with, um, one of my, one of our early shots. Um, and I had so much fun with it just based on the different variations of colors in one shoe and it, you know, it connected to it well, but, and I think the other piece is just, you know, textures, you know, so that, that would be the ultimate for me. You know, what is that shoe out there that has, you know, without it being custom, you know, that has right. some multiple textures, you know, just like the strawberry cough, that, that joint is like, for me, it's huge. The, the SB dunk that is, mm -hmm. um, that's crazy. I mean, just again, textures, the detail put into it, you know what I mean? I mean, I love the, you know, the weed factor, but the strawberries and broccoli and just, you know, the detail, you know, I, that that's more of along the lines of what I'd like to do, you know, when I, when I would yeah. build the custom of like, um, you know, even when I, ha I haven't done a pair of customs yet, just because again, I'm so particular and like, and I would want it to be something that represents what I do and sort of my style, um, you know, outside of shoes and or outside of food and, and being a chef, I would, you know, want to make sure it's the right textures um, along with the, the colorway. But uh, you remember the leftover pizza SB dunk? Oh, the yes. cold pizza one with the, the with pizza. the fucking like uh, aluminum foil outside. Yeah, foil texture. That's interesting. So I got a question for you then. Do you do you see the shoe and then think of the food or do you think of the food and then look for a shoe? No, it usually comes from seeing the shoe and then. You know, again, though the inspiration is around the colorway. I'd love again when there's some textures that I can connect with. That's really a huge driver because that makes me think more and get you know be, be more broad with my my palette and and just my creation and my creativity. And uh, but yeah, it's the shoe first, and then I build off that. That's interesting. I'm just looking around my room right here, looking at the the sneakers I have on my wall. And, I mean by far the most well-known food uh sneaker what what is it i got nothing uh, you got you, nothing so you say the most well i asked the question again i'm sorry jt the most well-known sneaker uh inspired by food i mean it's it's probably those avocado toasts man i mean for me i mean it's something that's 
Actually, you know what? It's probably the the bacon Air Max. That's what I was gonna say. That one just slapped me right yeah. in the face as I was looking. You're like, yeah, yeah. Inspired shit. Any food inspired shoes? That one just slapped me right in the face. Like, God damn. Yeah, I, I mean that about the ice creams. Oh God, those aren't real. Yeah, that's not. These those aren't real shoes. <laughs> no, they're, they're not really inspired by ice cream. They're inspired by ice cream containers. God. Yeah. Oh man, the, what's that? The the um, billionaire uh, boys club, Pharrell, uh, Reebok. Mm, I guess I can't say I know that one. They they you, well, you'd know it if you saw it. Yeah, Pharrell's first line with uh, with Reebok like 10, 12 years ago was through BBC uh, Billionaire Boys Club. It was just they were released in like ice cream cartons. I mean, they're, they're hideous shoes, really ugly shoes, but they just did a, um, kind of like a, a collab on the, uh, on the questions, the Iverson questions with BBC, which came uh, out with ice cream colored colors, which I, I think that shoe looks great. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at, so yeah, I see. So that, that was a Reebok collaboration. That's crazy. I didn't, I, yeah. I can't say I knew about those. Yeah. Well, th yeah. this is called office hours for a reason. I guess we want to learn something. Yeah. The color, the colors are disgusting, but yeah, <laughs> it's like a Sherbert thing. It's weird. And then you, I mean, we got to remember the Ben and Jerry's dunks. I mean, those were those are tight, you yeah. know. Waffle, yeah, that. But th that avocado toast though got some exposure. I would say I was surprised by how 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 that one sort of floated around. You know, usually shit gets forty eight hours. That shit got like two or three weeks. You know, Damn. so that was that was pretty fresh. Oh yeah, look at that. Okay, interesting. So these shoes you have in the pictures, these are all brand new Deadstock shoes, right? <laughs> yeah. So some of them, uh, some of them are mine. Some of them are, you know, friends that I I know. I'm like, hey, let me let me you know grab those for a shoot. <laughs> but uh, I'll t I'll put it like this: they're all real. So right. <laughs> that's okay. the key piece. And I, well, I know, yeah. Go ahead, Shay. Well, that's you. That's perfect that you bring that up because I wanted to talk about fucking fake shoes next. Yeah, yeah. So we we talk about this shit constantly. Um, if it didn't come up already, uh, Savant authenticates sneakers for dollars, and does a great job at it. From my personal opinion, um, but so we we talk about this shit constantly. So I'm just wondering, like, what your opinion is on the current state of fakes versus the state of fakes when you got into sneakers. Got it. So. I mean, I don't. I took. I give you two things about that. That whole question is going into you know even even the piece around me being like, "Hey, dude, let me borrow your shoes for the shoot." You know, so I I know I had that with the ones, the off white, the ones, um, and at the time the Yeezys, the. Uh, the zebras are those yeah the zebras and then just looking through my feed and just seeing if there's any other ones on there yeah just the air jordan ones and and so you know i was like sort of at the time i'm like man i got I, I have to make a mark um you know obviously at at the time when i when i did these shoots these were like nowhere to be found completely dead everywhere but at the same time I couldn't I couldn't determine what was real to fake. You know what I mean? And I can't say today that I I know which which was which is the main reason why I would never buy from someone that, you know, I I, I have to go to the source. 
You know what I mean? I mean, I even questioned it early on and why I would never even go into like a, a flight club or a stadium club or stadium goods is because I questioned even them. You know what I mean? At the time of like, how do I know you're, you know, how do I know you can get ripped off? You know what I mean? Like, who's to say that you are that, you know, proficient in, in knowing what's, what's right and what's not. And um, so, yeah, I was like, you know, I need to put a, a crazy shoot out there of something that's, you know, that's relevant right now, you know, and I don't have it. So what, you know, what is it? And so, and, and at the same time, didn't want to take the chance to go out there and buy something and it not be official. So again, I did, I did borrow those to, um, to, for the shoot. Um, as far as, as far as, uh, fakes though, I mean, there's no room for it today as there wasn't, you know, 25 years ago. You know, I would never walk into any sneaker store back then where if if I question, you know, the validity, I would never buy shoes off a corner. All for that reason, because you don't want to walk in, you know, two weeks down the line, someone's able to call you out on your shit, you know. So, yeah, as far as as far as that goes is is, uh, you know, still it still remains the same, whether you want to call it a culture or community or whatever you know, guys that are putting out fakes, guys that are willing to, to risk putting a, you know, putting their name on fakes is, is, you know, it's just bullshit because it's, it's the piece that, you know, it's, it's just, it's just the, again, going back to my generation, it's the piece that, that was the most important one that it's real Two that you have it right. So otherwise you're a fake right like if you walk into a scene with a particular shoe on and that shit's not official you know whether people know or not it it just sort of downgrades the the, the program you know it's um, yo i think that comes from being an east coast dude yeah, I, really, it, I think that when i were because I, I i have flopped on on fakes like i i used to care about authenticity and now that i've learned a million things from savant about how similar the fakes are to the actual shoes as far as material quality and construction goes, you know, I can't, I can't care about it anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think, I think the other piece for me is I don't want to be called out. You know what I mean? Like I don't, yeah. I don't want that moment, you know, and if there is something where someone could make a scene out of, you know, me taking the chance, you know, it's like, and and here, here's the here's the another piece of that is at the same time I don't know everyone and and I know this is something you do Savant but every guy out there is like thinking they know what's a fake and what's not you know what I mean so I'm like well how do you really know like you know like oh, some of these, that. some some of these young kids you know it's like you know I'll be at sneaker shows and they're 16 17 years old and I'm like how how'd you study it that well to know what's you know how, yeah. how do you, you you have a fake and you have the real thing like how do you know what is the real to not and there's um, no standard for right. reference and i think that's the problem that i have the problem that savant has is that there is no de facto like uh what's the word i'm looking for standardized form of measurement for a real nike product because like we'll get into the fact that sometimes uh let's talk travis scott ones for 10 fucking seconds the brown suede on those shoes 
varies so much. Some super olive, some is really dark, and all of these pairs are considered real. Like, right, so right. where's the well, standard? What do we, how? I mean, you know, I'll jump in here. I mean, let me be clear. Like, I I legit check shoes, not because I want to, but just because people pay me to do it. I think it, I don't like it. I think it's kind of dumb. Um, I I don't care if somebody's got fakes, but I don't participate in the market myself. So instead of worrying about buying a fair pair fake pair of shoes i i got 500 other pairs that no one would even bother to fake uh that i would rather purchase than a, a, a fake pair even if i really like what the fake pair looks like so um the whole fake thing uh, in my opinion it it it's a this is a blowback for um nike not really meeting production numbers uh-huh. um the way that i typically uh legit check is i uh, you know, I'll have the real one in hand or I'll have the, the physical pair in hand and I will look up five to 10 uh, used pairs on um, GOAT. So GOAT shows you all the pictures of all the angles you need in order to determine what's real and what's fake, in my opinion, in most cases. So gotcha. for me, I'm really good with um, this little known tactic called kerning which has a lot to do with font weights and spacing on Ah, size tags so nine times out of ten when i'm authenticating anything i just go straight to the size tag and then if if i have you know if i think the size tag it might just be you know maybe they put a new printer ribbon in or whatever uh then i will look at other things but for the most part like i i rely almost exclusively on the kerning of a size tag um all of that to say what you just brought up a minute ago shane about um different suede's for different um Travis Scott ones. I mean, that's kind of the, the it's what kind of makes this interesting to me because I've, I've tried to make um, posts and uh, I tried to write about how sneakers are, are kind of like food in that um, they're made with leather. They're made, you know, this is like, there's different consistencies to different animals. Right? I eat leather food too. Well, <laughs> you do, you do. I mean, because you eat the food underneath the leather, right? And that, Good point. Beef, that beef is going to look different uh, every cow is, I mean, the beef, sure, maybe it looks similar, but I mean, like you're going to have a different burger at a different place. Like what's, what's the source of a real hamburger at this point? I mean, there's no such thing as a fake hamburger, right? If it's made, (laughs) if it's made from beef, there's no, there's no, (laughs) he says, well, (laughs) Well. what do you got? You think you got a fake cheeseburger? Well, I mean, you know, there's a lot, a lot of components going into that fast food shit that uh, you know keeps going back. I don't, you know what I mean? No, I'm saying more like, like, yeah, but like, like, okay, so say the originator of the hamburger, right? The original, I don't know who the fuck it is. Somebody in Germany, Hamburg, Germany, probably, right? I mean, if if someone had that recipe, that had the exact same recipe, I mean, would you be able to tell? And if you you couldn't, would you care? Right. So so I mean, the the question to me, it just comes back to like we're dealing with. we're dealing with animal byproduct largely <laughs> with shoes. <laughs> like, like what, what exactly is the difference on a lot of these fakes? And now uh, I understand that the acceptability uh, comes from knowing that a product is actually sanctioned by a particular brand. But I mean, you also run into issues. Like I've found fakes in fucking Nike stores. You know what I mean? I've seen fakes in foot lockers, right? So, so at, at that case, Nike, could actually sell you a pair of fakes and and then what happens if you're out walking with that pair of fakes i mean the chances are low but like 
I know dudes used to buy fakes off some fucking, you know, some websites. They'd get the real pair and then they'd just bring the fake pair back to Nike. You know what I mean? Like there's right, ways right. of getting around it. So to me, it's like, how do you feel about it? If you feel okay with it, go for it. Yeah, I mean, I got to tell you that that is I haven't had any. I've always just, again, gone back to and and definitely respect what you do. And even, you know, the 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 uh, size tag is, you know, 20 years ago. That's would be our reference. But I can't even say then. I think I got exhausted with it of like, you know, what, I'm never oh, going to take the chance. I'm just I'm always going to walk into a footlocker or a champs or what have you. But again, yeah. not to say they couldn't get swapped out either, you know, but there was a big uptick in like the early 2000s of just like these random sneaker stores, you know what I mean? And there would be people in, you know, in my town and there would be people that I knew from like high school or, you know, just from around the way. And I'm like, how, how did he, how does he opening a store competing with Foot Locker? And so Yo, wait, I like, want to ask you about something for, uh, with that, with that. So in Q's street, you've been a street game. Yeah, I know street game. Well, I actually know the, uh, some of the managers and stuff. They're just, again, from, from the streets and from the neighborhood. I always got the weirdest, like, fugazi fake ass vibes in that store. Same. <laughs> okay, I, I just wanted to make sure that you were feeling the same. So, uh, Savant, there's yeah. a chain yeah. of of sneaker stores out here called Street Game. There's like eight or nine of them all over the state. Okay. Yeah. And every time you walk in there, they somehow have like everything. You know, they had Turbo Green Jordans like five weeks after Turbo Green Jordans came out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and, and Shane, and but even that, like talking about collaborating, it's tough when you don't know if somebody's legit or not. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's, and so it's, it's tough to, you know, these young kids, I'm telling you that when, when I first, we shoot your food, we started like 16, I think. And then I was like, all right, well, the way to get out in front of the kids and others is like, you know, to go to the sneaker shows. I mean, every 15 year old kid thought they were authenticator. And I'm just like, man, I definitely can't walk in these this place without knowing that my shit's not real. You know what I mean? So like these yeah. kids are calling people out, it, it, you know, it is at a sneaker show. So, you know, again, have I put a lot of thought into it over the years? Not really. I've just always generally gone to where I didn't have concerns, you know, but when flight club and stadium, cause like all these stores, you know, started up years, few years back in the city. I'm like, I don't know if that shit, you know, they got people walking up with bags of sneakers, you know, buying them and, you know, doing consignment ship and all this. Shit. And I'm like, I don't, I'm not buying that shit. Of course, <laughs> years later when I can't find, you know, uh, you know, the lab fours, I can't find them. Where do I end up in, in stadium goods? You know, it's yeah. like, um, but again, it, 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 from someone who does it, Savant, like, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go out. I'm like, Savant gave me the pass. Give me what you got. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, but, um, I mean, even I'll give you some, I'm flat footed as hell. Fun fact. I know we're, uh, getting close, but fun fact is, um, I'm flat footed. So like, I've always had concerns around like how my shoes look you know because i see them on guys with arches with with and i'm like man you know like someone who two people actually who wear sneakers like no one else nas 
and Jadakiss both wear sneakers like no one else, man. Like they have the greatest arches I see on TV, dude. <laughs> so, especially like you know Air Force Ones, they just so and that's like you know I'm more I'm more of an Air Force One guy than a Jordan guy, and um, but I'm flat footed, so all my shoes generally go wide. So I have my favorite shoe. Well, I'll say I shouldn't say my favorite shoe. I have the um, the um, oh shit. Of course, I'm not gonna. How did I just do that? Definitely that's not your favorite East, shoe. That's such an that, East Coast comment, though. Jada Kiss and Nas wear their shoes great. <laughs> yeah, that really. It's, it's, it's so real, though. Um, and, and like I see them, like I'll see a shoe that I have, and I'm just like, it doesn't look like that on my damn foot because I. So either way, I have the the Mentas, the off white Mentas, and um. I, I wanted them so bad. It's like, that's the only off-white that I'm truly drooling over, and I want them. So I get them, pay the price. I, I paid a decent price. But um, so now on the inside, and this isn't, it's not unfamiliar of some of my shoes, but the outsole, the interior of the outsole, I'm, it's starting to peel a little bit because mm-hmm. of my flat foot. So my because I don't have arches, it weighs down on it a bit. And as soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh, these are fake. like 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 i was just like i wore them a couple of times and i already started seeing the crease and i'm like all right for what this shoe is and where it's come from and sort of the you know i'm and and like i'm just like how already am i seeing you know that sort of that paint sort of breaking you know and so I, i immediately questioned it but then i did some research and i found others you know it's it's not me not just me so but again, you still have that thought in your head of like, you know, are these are you know are these uh, uh, flight clubs and and um, you know all these other big time sellers are they able to get you know hustled as well out there and maybe oh. it was your your authenticator's bad day and he just didn't catch it you know so is no. StockX as as good as they say they are you know well StockX has admitted I mean Josh Lober admitted it. You know, they still when they were doing five thousand pairs a day, they were still getting twenty pairs of fakes through that they actually knew about. So, I mean, every big authenticator. I mean, I've been, I've been, I've been got. I mean, every big authenticator is getting has 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 been got. I mean, Yeezy Buster got got on uh, on full size run. You know, like it, it's, that was really funny too. It was. I don't know if that was real. I mean, I I I don't know, but it seems a little bit funny that they would kind of do that but he says uh, you can smell the shoes through the mask he's like oh, oh yeah, yeah yeah i bet you could <laughs> i mean i could smell things through my mask but uh, <laughs> i don't know it, it, the, the there's there's the mistake i think a lot of people make i think a lot of people think that just because you spend a thousand dollars on a pair of shoes it's supposed to be a luxury pair of shoes right and right, uh, right. a dollar pair of shoes is not necessarily a luxury pair of shoes it's a hundred dollar pair of shoes that you know, or maybe not even a hundred dollar pair of shoes. Maybe the retailer got it for seventy five, and and you know you're paying thousand bucks for it for uh, the 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 clout behind it. Right, right, so, right. Um, I mean, but again, like I I think it I, I don't like the whole authentication thing. I mean, there's a there's a whole video, a really interesting video. I've talked about it a few times. Uh, this dude Troll Mageddon on um, uh, on YouTube. He um he he's really like a big proponent of fakes and he bought a couple pairs of fakes and he brought them to the biggest consignment store in the country, Urban Necessities. And you know the co-owner, I know the co-owner. Um he authenticated 
them right there. Wow. So, and he actually, this guy actually got sued and he had to go to court and all this stuff for it. But they're it's like, still, yeah. they're still going. Yeah. He had, he had on, on like spy glasses, you know, for defamation. But I mean, like, dude, what I, I to me, like, I don't know. This is where NFTs come in. And this is where NFT, like somebody keeps asking me what the benefit of NFTs are. It's, it, you don't have to worry about stuff like this. Right. And even if the biggest names in the game can't catch every single pair, like, okay, so maybe we should change the, the, the stakes a little bit. Maybe we should change the game a little bit to the fact that, you know, there are people who don't care and there are people who do care. And those people that don't care, they can do whatever the hell they want. The people that do care can follow the paper trail with this stuff. Right. right? right. Yeah. I mean, to me, like, I've been kind of campaigning for Nike to do that for years. Uh, and actually, I, I talked with a couple companies that that did it and that offered them the service and they turned it down. So I, I don't know. I I think it, it's it's an interesting concept or whatever it is, however you feel about it. it. I don't really blame anyone for feeling any particular way about it. I just think, you know, it's an interesting problem that uh, the world's biggest clothing company and the most bootleg clothing company in the world has uh, kind of backed themselves into. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Oh yeah. No, that's, that's, that's a thing that just constantly comes up in my mind is how do you, how, how are you a company like with the monstrosity of Nike and it just, you fuck yourself over, but then they don't, we keep saying they don't have to change nothing because everything still sells out, doesn't it? That's it. That's but you it. also want to think about that. I mean, they're at it 18 months to two year lag. Mm -hmm. Right. And it, and it's hard for people to recognize that, but like, if you recognize that, Nike is looking at two years in the future. They're not looking at what's going on right now. So all this stuff, I mean, all this stuff really legitimately popped off about a year ago with mm -hmm. Warren Lotus, right? This is when all this stuff really started to get a lot of traction, in my opinion. And the idea of and the question of fakes became like real mainstream when you had 90 plus different uh, people or, or companies creating uh, bootleg Jordan 1s. Right or knockoff Jordan ones or, or Jordan ones with dicks on the side of them. Right. That's when this, yeah, this is really when this conversation really started taking hold in the mainstream. Because before this, I mean, like, sure, people would buy fake shoes, but it wasn't like a, a, a it, it really wasn't as. Uh, I mean, dude, th they talk about authenticating being a career. Like, if this is my career, I mean, shoot me now. I hate this shit. I think it's so dumb. Like, <laughs> Like if you're happy Which, with your shoes, be happy with it, you know. But I don't know. Which I I thought I thought the eBay launch was was pretty funny because it was like we only we can only authenticate this type of shoe, and I'm just I like, thought that was weird too. Like it's only like Jordan's <laughs> over a hundred dollars. Is like, that <laughs> right? I'm like, well, why don't why does your talents not spread to anything <laughs> anything else? You know. Well, the, oh. these guys, I mean, so many people have hit me up about this, too, because 94 Jordans, the, the retros from 94, they can't authenticate them. So they're ended up sending all these pairs of 94 Jordans back like that cuts off. I mean, it doesn't cut off like a huge subset of your market. But like for me, that that's why I actually left eBay was because, I mean, what the fuck are you authenticating Air Max 98? And so no one gives a shit about for, you know, you're holding that up for three weeks. You know, come on, man. I th There's. Again, I think it, I, I said this many times, but I think it should just be an opt-in service. Yeah, I, I really like that idea too. We, we did a whole guest episode with this dude, uh, Neil Nakanishi. Um, they had a debate about that a while back too, and yeah. I, I think we all pretty much just came to the point of like, yo, they don't need to be holding up a sale for 
two to three weeks unless it's you know like thousand dollar plus shoe two thousand dollars twenty thousand dollars you know just something that isn't a hundred dollar sneaker yeah right. i mean if, if that's what you want you want it go for it you know but if you don't i mean i i wouldn't take it on nine out of ten pairs of shoes that i buy you know yeah it's risky risky bro like if you get burnt you get burnt your own it's they don't have a they don't have a uh uh, uh an obligation to protect you mm-hmm. well you know i mean that's the other piece too is just you know the again the fake piece goes there as well right like mm-hmm. if i am like again you don't want to get got you know but it happens but it's like it's that one sh- you know it's that shoe out there that somebody's willing to pay you know 10 stacks for and you're like is that is that's the part of the game that just it just shouldn't be allowed you know it just shouldn't be allowed it shouldn't be it that that's where there should be you know savant and multiple authenticators and collaborators yeah. to make a determination on that shit you know what i mean because there are guys that'll spend but then you then you you know that traction slows down as well and everyone thinks they're getting robbed you know what i mean where where does it end up being where you know how does the game 10 years from now look based on retros and based on releases it's like is the interest still there and i think it's almost a part of the article um that was that you referenced the uh the around the gentrification mm. it's like it's like how how what does the game look like in the future when you are you can't keep up right now but down the line how where's the value of the shoes that we're buying now in the last five to six years it, are they valuable are they as valuable as like the 2010 release like i, I don't know i don't i don't i it's almost like you you know what I mean? It's like because there's so much fake out there and it's so saturated with so many releases. It's like I don't see the value being there. You know? Were you did you also collect baseball cards? I did. I did. And I'm I'm fucking disappointed, right? It's actually I'm gonna cry on the show here because I it's like I <laughs> dude, the number of I, I I actually was talking about this about two or three months ago. We were talking NFTs and and I literally like gave up my whole baseball card collection, probably five thousand cards for like probably less than two or 300 bucks when I was 15, 16, I think probably to buy some sneakers, to be honest with you. I can't remember at the time what it was, but I gave up the whole collection, but I think about what was in there and it's fucking dream. No, I did the same exact thing, bro. Same exact yeah. thing. I remember yeah. I had a, had a 1956 Yogi Berra. I had a, uh, I had a 1986, 87 Charles Barkley rookie Fleer. I remember. Yeah. I sold the whole collection for 300 bucks. Yeah. All but, of them, dude. Fleet, Donruss, Tops, like every. I had like collections, you know, those different series cards, and just mm-hmm. yeah, I I can't even think about it. It's fucked up. That, <laughs> you're gonna get all sad. But it does it does draw a parallel to what you're talking about with sneakers now because, I mean, there was a whole time that whole junk wax era from like 1987 up to like 1992, 93, uh, where they just overproduced cards. Uh, right, 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 right. It took right people right. a long time to realize what was going on. You know, I always like to talk about that Ken Griffey Jr., the 89 upper deck rookie that uh, yeah, you know, yeah. upper deck says maybe there's a million cards out there. But the the, the prevailing thought is that because that card was worth so much at the time that uh, upper deck employees just started printing sheets of that particular card out. Some people say there's seven million of that card in existence. Like, wow. And, and it, it kind of it goes with this whole idea of, you know, sneakers too being overproduced and sneakers being produced in the uh 
the black market, the gray market, whatever you want to call it. And again, none of this, <laughs> none of this works without some kind of distributed decentralized database, right? So right. it all just comes back to like, what is the best form of doing something like this? And it, it seems like just straight up manufacturing, whatever you've got is not, it, it's, it's not really the solution um, if you're not thinking long-term about it. So right. Nike right. thinking two years out, oh, we'll, we'll meet demand with this uh, is sorely, sorely, sorely under undercutting themselves by being such poor planners. Right, 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 right. right anyway, right. it's all interesting stuff in my opinion. Yes, yeah, it'll yes. definitely be interesting to see where things go, man, for sure. Dude, it's it's not gonna be it's not gonna be good. That's all I'm gonna tell you. Like yeah. <laughs> if I know anything about sneakers right now, which I don't think I know that much about sneakers, but it's not gonna be that great in 10 years. And and you said like do these do these sneakers that we're buying now, are they gonna have the same value like you know, relatives say that the, that, the, you know, in 1994 Jordan does. Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think that anybody's going to be really missing the retro release of the biohack Jordans. Right. right. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I, I do so. think, you know, the, the different thing about uh, shoes and baseball cards is that people are always going to need something to put on their feet, you know, and, and, and it's, sure. it's, it it, it it might go out of trend a little bit, but I mean, for the most part, still every day that you leave your house, you need to put something on your feet, you know, and Nike right. might not be at the top forever. Uh, people might start moving into other brands. And as they said in that, that email, you know, they're moving to, to smaller brands. I mean, Nike's got such a stranglehold on it, but it's also like a, at a certain point, um, people kind of get sick of that shit. But Nike also has the heritage. They have the legacy. They have, you know, they're, they're these little 16 year old kids that I, you know, teach, uh, in high school, I mean, in 10 years, they're going to say, damn, I wish, you know, I could have afforded those back then. I'm going to buy them now too. You know? So, I mean, it's, it, it is almost like a, a, something that keeps repeating itself. It's, it's what's going to knock it off its pedestal. Is it going right. to be, uh, the proliferation of fakes? Is it going to be the corporate, um, you know, at this point, I mean, in 10 years, I'm going to be a grandpa, you know, 15 years, I'm going to be a grandpa. Are, are, my grandkids going to want to wear the same shoes that, that their grandpas were. You know what I mean? Like, right. I don't know. Well, I, I gotta say, I, I was surprised to see it come back so strong. I, 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 you know, what happened for me too, is like, I got, I lost interest like many in our age group and even some of the, you know, even some of the younger kids or, you know, the 30 year olds, uh, like after 15, I just had, I didn't have any interest. That was like my last purchase where I was like, I, I love this purchase, you know, um, like baseball cards or sneakers. I'm sorry. With, with sneakers, with Jordan 15s, that there was, that was yeah. like my last real interest. Right. And so then to see over the last, eh, what, maybe 10 years where it's really come back strong. I'm just like, is it is it real or you know and then you start seeing all the retro releases and it's so and you're think i was thinking like all right are they going to like hold some of these back and then you realize it's like no they're not they're just going to keep releasing them you know year after year 2010 2018 it's like so again it's just i think the value is being lost and I, I i immediately start thinking like Five years from now, is the 2010 releases are they going to be as valuable? You know, as or is it does it fall flat? And 
and and like we were just discussing, just other things. Well, you know, take take more more interest to the to the next generation. Well, Nike, I mean, like the 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 one that they're only really protecting the legacy of right now is SBs. You know, those are the only ones that they haven't retro. Those are the only ones that probably aren't going to retro. I mean, they're retroing uh, popular Air Max models from the past. They're retroing all the Jordans. Uh, right. But the thing is, is like you and I, they're not making shoes for us anymore, right? They're making shoes for 15, 16, up to 25-year-olds. That's what they're making stuff for. Right, so, right. I mean, like th this is like, it's like, you know, it's like music. I remember having conversations with my friends when I was 30, and they were talking about how these young kids don't know nothing about music. And it's like, I mean, they don't make music for us anymore, you know, but, but it's right, funny right. how uh, we, we can pinpoint or we can point back to a specific event that maybe made us fall in love with a pair of shoes and usually ties back to Michael Jordan in some way or form, right? Like right, I remember right, right. you're talking about the 11s. I talk about the 12s. Uh, sometimes I talk about the sixes, but these kids, I mean, like when you got LeBron has 183 different colorways last year, right? I mean, he wore a different colorway in just about every single game. How? I mean, are they going to re-release 183 fucking colorways and then retro plus colorways in 10 years, as you're saying? I mean, like, there is definitely a point of too much, you know, but how in the fuck are we still going this far with Jordans? Like, I, it's crazy that Jordans are still going like this, and they're going with young kids. That's what yeah. I don't I don't get. Like, Right. If you I got it. Sorry. But no, I was just gonna say every to your point is like I thought my son was just going to go LeBron on me completely, and I'm just yeah. like, okay, like that's where it's at. That's and then like that went on for like three or four years maybe, and then he converted right over, and it was it was all Jordans, and that's where it's been, and he has no interest elsewhere. And I mean, he's 18, so I'm like, you know, four or five years ago, what was the big change you know what i mean like what what was you know what caused him to to you know go that direction and i i again i don't know if it's again oversaturation i mean the lebron styles weren't that they didn't change a lot and i think that was the other piece for him maybe is you know he just it's also hard to like lost pinpoint interest. one you like like it's hard to pinpoint one you like like the, the early lebron models you know ones twos threes fours uh maybe up to eights i mean like there was like a handful of models right but, right. but once they started pumping out 50 plus like how, how do you pinpoint yeah. one that you like yeah. you know all like, those colorways yeah yeah it's just too much man no one could keep up with it even the staunchest lebron fans can't keep up with that i mean that's completely unsustainable right well shit friends we're at like a almost an hour 20 uh, yeah. I didn't want to, uh, Bobby, I didn't want to cut you off. If you had any questions for either of us, I don't care if you do or not, but if you did, I didn't want to cut you off. Well, I, what I will say is that I'm, I'm not going to sit here with my pen and paper and start writing shit down. So uh, I want to connect offline, though, and just better understand where you guys put your attention towards as far as, um, you know, whether it's a YouTube channel or, you know, social media outlet, you know, different feeds that that you really um dig you know just from the standpoint of being progressive you know what i mean like i sometimes that's the piece too is just the oversaturation of different feeds and different shit that's out there and, and it's like it's too much to it's too much to be able to 
you know, spend too many man hours on it, you know? And mm -hmm. it's like, I, I, I like the idea cause I could just get caught up again in so many different things and, you know, only put 30% into all of them. Right. So I'm like, well, what different outlets are out there that I can give 85% to and really gather, you know, sort of the information and enjoyment of my, you know, my, my passion and my craft that I don't feel like I, I'm, I'm, in the position of missing out because I'm not involved in all of them. You know, you just can't, can't see and, and delve into all that shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. dude. I feel you there. Definitely. I will all stay in touch. You know, I'm, obviously I'm going to be in touch with you, but uh, yeah, you two should definitely chop it up as well. Yeah. Feel definitely. free to tell me on a text text chain. Oh yeah. I will. Yeah. I will do that. And I'll get, I'll get us all hooked up on, on all the, all the cool socials. So I think that does, uh, I think that wraps up our, uh, our 10, 24 office hours. All right, guys. Hey, guys, I appreciate it, man. We appreciate you coming on, man. Everybody, listeners, stay tuned. As usual, we have so much stuff working. I know we've been really slow on getting stuff out, but we'd rather push out great product for you guys than have it early. So like I said, guys, stay tuned. Thank you for listening. This has been Office Hours. We'll catch you next week. Mm -hmm.